Welcome to Sports Takes R Us, where we give you the locks, losses, and everything in between. Here are this week's manager specials. Tom Brady and crew righted the ship Sunday, bringing another one home for Tampa Bay. Goat soup, 7 for 10 till the Bucks stop partying. Utah Jazz are lighting it up in the NBA, winning 15 out of 16 games. Buy one, get one on hot sauce this week only. MLB Player Association agreed to allow the start of spring trading. Get to seed spitting early. Sunflower seed tubs for $9.99 until opening day. That is all for new specials this week. Judy, restock in the deli. The Chiefs O-line is making the Swiss cheese look good again. What is going on, Special Weshi crew? You are now listening to the Manager Special Podcast. I am your host, Dan Grealish, with two of my great friends, Matt Shanerod and Andrew Green. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the inaugural episode of Manager Special. I almost said my other podcast name. That was almost bad. (laughs) (laughs) We have multiple podcasts, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, me and you definitely have two different podcasts, so we can start this is off my with that. first, so we'll throw this, that out there. Yeah, exactly. So you'll, you'll get into the flow of podcasting. But again, my name is Dan Grealish. You may know me from some other outlets, Grealish Drinks Beer on Instagram, Craft Beer Hustlers, the other podcasts that I run, or even the uh, Grealish Media Group. Um, so I'm kind of a multifaceted human yeah, being you're famous you're a big deal <laughs> yeah the big the big deal i hit a thousand followers on gorilla strings beer that's a let's that's let's go news. that's big that's, that's big. Thank you. let's thank go you, everyone thank you thank you um, <laughs> but yeah so i'm just a good old boston boy if you know me from my other accounts i love beer so obviously i have some beer with me right now matt i know that you have some beer andrew not so much uh good old boston boy this is a sports podcast so i'll let you know some of my favorite teams New England Patriots, NHL Bruins, the Boston Red Sox, and I guess if we want to talk about soccer, uh, New England Revolution. I guess I don't watch that much. Gotta, soccer, gotta so. throw them in there just because it's Boston, you know. Yeah, just for the love. Um, so Matt, I'll throw it over to you to uh, to introduce yourself. Solid. So, like Dan said, I'm Matt Shanerod. Uh Born and raised in Kansas City, huge Chiefs fan. To these guys' chagrin, I guess. Um, but Big Chiefs fan, love the Royals. I've never been to a sporting game, but they're cool, I guess. Um, also into beer, so me and Dan bond over that a quite a bit. I almost got confused because you were like sporting, sporting event. Sporting like, KC. Okay. I was, yeah. <laughs> I, a, I, I, I've never I been could, to a sporting game, we, a match, we, shall we, you say? We, we are not big <laughs> soccer guys, I think. At least I'm not. Dino Dan's I'm, not. I'm not. Uh, so sporting Kansas City, they're apparently pretty good at soccer. I've just never been to a game. I do ha- actually have some. Uh, I have some ideas for getting some soccer content. Solid. Or, I like or it. The footy, like it. getting the football in. Uh, yeah, one of my good friends is big on soccer, so I'll see if I can <coughs> swing him on. Get special guest. Special guest. Exactly. All right. That's, that's all I got, Andrew. It's all oh. you. Oh right, so I uh, we, uh, they have the recording here. Is this is this on and tape? They they see me yeah. during this oh, whole yeah. time. Uh, yes, they do. 
that's new for me. So I'm, I'm Andrew Green. Um, I'm uh, from another podcast, part of the Grealish Media Group, uh, the QBL Pod, uh, which is the uh, the QBL Pod. It's the league podcast for our fantasy football league. Um, so I've never been on camera <laughs> uh, for a podcast, so that's cool. Um, a little bit about me. I am also a Boston fan. Uh, I wrote down some notes here. Uh, I've never had a cavity. I'm 28 years old, so that's a 28-year streak. Um, the 2010 Middleborough Wiffleball League batting champ, uh, just so you know, I'm the league champion for fantasy football in the MBL. Uh, the 2008 champion, the 2017 champion, and the 2020 champion. You had what a up? drought. That's all I heard in there. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of missed cuts. Um, yeah, I like all my Boston sports: Patriots, Red Sox, Bruins, Celtics. I check to make sure they win. I'm a golf fan. I like the golf. I like Tiger Woods. I like Phil. Big into uh, Jordan Spieth. I want him to come back. So. That's that. Um, I was born in uh, <laughs> 1992. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I was born in 1992 uh, in a hospital. Um, and no. Yeah. Really? I thought it would be like a barn or something. No, <laughs> no. Nope. In a, in a nice affluent area of Massachusetts, um, although I'm not affluent in any way. <laughs> I went to kindergarten. I went to half day kindergarten. Raised me right. Um, I have <laughs> my teacher wrote a book uh, in kindergarten about uh, an Egyptian god, Ram and Ra, Ra and Ram. So oh, we should get Awad on. <laughs> yeah, that's how. <laughs> um, she was. She was. She was. Uh, she was a very old teacher. She used to teach at the one room schoolhouse. Uh, but then when I went to uh, <laughs> changing the cue card now. Um, <laughs> I also like to drink beer. Uh, my first alcoholic beer was a Blue Moon in 2010 on board a Norwegian cruise line vessel out of Boston to Bermuda. I did not like the taste of it. And I had to drown most of the beer taste with Hurt Burgers and, and French fries. <laughs> Eventually, I decided that Corona Lights with two limes was the beer for me when I was 18 years old. <laughs> and... Um, I was made fun of relentlessly when I went to college for requesting that. Um, and then I realized that when I went to a fraternity house and I said, is this Corona? They said, get the fuck It's bush light. Oh, my God. And in 2013, I turned 21. And I have decided I had decided that I will drink real beer and real drinks. And so then I got into other beers that everybody else seemed to like uh now i'm into big into uh craft beers and basically any beer is fine and corona lights and coronas i don't even drink with limes anymore um so you then love I turned course light right no i hate course lights <laughs> then i turned 25 and rented a car just because i could but the enterprise did not have anti uh remaining cool cars so they said we have this convertible you can have and i go oh awesome i love i've always wanted to drive a convertible then they take me in the back and it is a yellow volkswagen convertible <laughs> and i said let's go let's do it so i threw on some wham and i drove around the downtown area <laughs> like i was in zoolander then when I turned 28, uh, uh, actually, I was 27, and then a pandemic hit, and then I here I am today. So 
Now, <laughs> that is Fast my intro, forward. and there's actually nothing written on these. <laughs> God, our oh, our, intros, our intros are so dwarfed and yeah. just oh god. Hey, here's Matt and Dan, and then Andrew just told his whole life story. <laughs> Run the tape back. Well, that's that's how me and Andrew actually became very good friends. Is one day we were supposed to be studying for a <laughs> test in college, and Andrew told me his whole life story rather than studying. We that were up, we were up until four in the morning. I'm pretty sure. That's I don't incredible. think we passed either. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have big old laugh on that one. I, I might have passed. Andrew transferred after that semester. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, welcome to the Manager <clears throat> Specials Podcast. This is uh, supposed to be a sports comedy podcast. So Andrew bringing out the big guns for his his uh, his intro there uh, in the first episode. Uh, but with comedy does come sports. So let's just get right into it. First and foremost, I can't believe I forgot to uh, mention the Celtics as one of the teams that I follow, even though I'm not a big NBA guy. But uh, with that, we could actually just throw it straight to the NBA. I know we're skipping a note there, but I think that's a, a good segue. Uh, Matt, not to put you on the spot or anything. Sure, but go ahead. Um, manager special this week, hot sauce, buy one, get one free. And the Utah jazz are on fire at this current moment in time The Utah, uh, with a 20 and five record that, uh, cause First we of were... all, I will give $5 to one of you. You can tell me what city in Utah the jazz play in. I know of one city and it's Salt Lake city. <laughs> I was going to say, I was. I was going to say Salt Lake, and I was like, that's not right, though. I'm going to go, I don't yeah, know, no um, but Salt Lake City is the capital of Utah. You're right. Okay. Is that where they play? Do they yeah. play in Salt Lake? Oh. They do. Oh, oh, it's probably the only, city, the only city in Utah that it would make sense for them to play. Yeah. Um, so Utah Jazz out of Salt Lake City. Uh 20 and five record winning the last 15 of 16 games. Uh, I actually wrote, a, <laughs> I wrote a stat quickly that um, they were 44 for 28 in the 2019, 2020 season tied for six with the Rockets and the thunder. And right now they're already smashing that. They're destroying that record. Yeah. Real quick about Utah. Uh, Cause I just looked up the, What's the most populated city in Utah? And it's Salt Lake City. And the second most populated city is West Valley City. So they didn't really get creative with their naming of cities. They're like, there's a lake. It's with salt in it. Salt it's Lake got City. Salt in it. Got it. So we are West Valley, and that's the East Valley. We got a city near West Valley. <laughs> West Valley City. I can't imagine there's much in Utah, but I've never been. So I no, can't. it's only got, uh, there's less than 200,000 people who are in Salt Lake City. So hundred thousand, less than that. How do they have a major basketball team there? They must have a big market. You know, just looking at these cities, it's one ninety seven for Salt Lake City. West Valley City is one hundred thirty six thousand. So another hundred, probably. Yeah. Oh, uh, the the top four. There may be my math is off, but or my math's terrible. But it's probably just a little over five hundred thousand people for the top four most populated cities in Utah. 
That's mm. wild, honestly. I'm well. I'm sure they have. They 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 they, they definitely gather around the states because there's no basketball team in Wyoming. There's no basketball sure, team like sure. so. They they it's kind of like New England where they have you know. Like you got Maine and New Hampshire and Vermont that, that don't have a team. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. They just yeah. kind of flock to the closest team. Even crazier yeah, shot about okay. the Jazz. They're 15-1-1 one one in their last 17 games against the spread. So if you want to bet big, don't go find bet that, the Jazz. Go find that Jazz game. So that's a really great uh, – let's see, DraftKings. And why are they called the Jazz? Jazz is not well known for Utah. You know, I'm going to Google that right now just because that seems like a very valid question. Weren't they? I, um... I think they originally, I, I, realistically, I do think they moved cities. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think were they, they moved. From, like Tennessee or something? Like, were they I think City? they might have moved from New Orleans. I think it was New Orleans. And now they have the Pelicans. Okay, so yeah. let's, 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 let's look at it here. Oh, you're, you're right. They were no. New Orleans Jazz. From 74 to 79, and then in 79, 79 to 96, they became the Utah Jazz, and then they changed their colors and rebranded a little bit, it looks like. But, yeah, so they were originally New Orleans. Another fun fact about Andrew, he was a, a stump trivia uh, director. But I'm also a trivia nerd. That's like the only useful knowledge I have in my head is useless Grand trivia. Facts for no reason. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so, oh, you... <laughs> this may be a good a good uh, question for you, Matt. Um, currently, right now, looking at DraftKings, they have uh, Utah Jazz minus two and a half against the Bucks tonight uh, at minus one twelve. Uh, do you see that as a good take for tonight? I mean, you said they're fifteen one and one. I knowing the Bucks would probably say no. I would not. I I, I would have to say no, knowing the Bucks as well, just because that seems a little aggressive. It's a trap. Yeah, that's a super. Yeah, trap. that is an absolute <clears throat> trap. That is the opposite of a lock. I think that's a <laughs> locks, <laughs> losses, and everything. A key. Yeah. What's the opposite of a lock? A key. It's a key. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a lock that you could break with your hands. I wonder if I can get the. Oh, so it's a paper daisy chain. There you go. There you go. Uh, Yeah, I would. I would not take them at two and a half because that seems. uh, The Bucks might win by forty. So. Yeah. Uh, Even even better, with the currently topped fifth ranked offense and defense, the Jazz that uh, currently holds those titles. Is that a viable or right now what they're doing? Is that sustainable? Are they going to continue to push through the rest of the season? I mean, it's not super early. I mean, they missed, what, an entire couple of months? Uh, yeah, so I'd say de- de- <clears throat> excuse me, defensively, sure, because Rudy Gobert and uh, other players they have on their team, really defense is, the, is first. Donovan Mitchell seems to be one of their only scorers when it comes to crunch time. So uh, definitely defensively, but offensively, I, I, don't, I don't see it. Um I was It'll catch watch- up to him at some point. I was watching a video uh, about the Jazz, and they were talking about Rudy Gobert. I think Defensive it was player of the year last year. Shut down the whole league. He's he's won two of them in the last four years. <laughs> no, wasn't it? Funny, wasn't funny it his? Joke, he was the first one to have COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> That's actually hysterical. He shut down the entire league. Yeah. Give that man some metal. 
Well, it's funny because uh, like there's an interview of him and he he had just found out, but he went to go sit down at the interview and someone like whispered in his ear and he got up and walked away. It was just like, guys, I have COVID. Like, oh god, seems like a very ass backwards way to find out while you're yeah. sitting in your interview. Yeah, I don't think that's the most appropriate way, being very close to someone and being like, hey, dude, I just got to let you know you got COVID. By the way, you probably shouldn't be here right now. And hey, they go, what, know... me? Who, me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know we don't know a lot about this uh, this virus, but I shouldn't be this close to you, but uh, you have COVID. I know I oh. shouldn't be in this oh, room right now. <laughs> Well, um, it, didn't when they announced like that when they announced the cancel like everybody all the fans are in the game and like the announcement was like nobody panic but the game is canceled <laughs> for COVID reasons everybody make your way to the doors and exits please walk to the doors slowly and calmly it's like don't yell don't yell fire in a crowded theater and it's like Holy ah shit, shit. Like, nobody uh, panic but the ship is sinking <laughs> good luck. There's a fire, but don't run, okay? <laughs> Currently, right now, uh, public betting is leaning uh, 50-50 on minus two and a half. So yeah, th- th- that would add up just because if, if if they can ride the wave of how, how good they have played, um, sure. But I just don't see it. Jazza Tutacumpo could just go score 50 and have 30 rebounds and it would be game over. So Yeah, so. Uh, In the court of public opinion, don't bet the bucks. I'm trying to see. I wish they would show me head to head on DraftKings. They don't. But this actually against the spread is showing Utah Jazz 18 6 and 1. So good. But well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's for the season. Yeah, the, the note yeah. was for the just the last 17 games. Ah. Uh, uh, 15 1 and 1 in the last 17 and it, games. And then it says wild. Wild. Because that's, that's an insane. <laughs> I don't feel like no one's been that high up against the spread. You know, that's a. Also, uh, the Jazz did beat the Bucks a few weeks ago by uh, thirteen. So. Was there any stipulations with that? <clears throat> any any well, players well, we'll that see, were see out? See if someone was out. I not that yeah. I'm aware of. Um, someone want to explain to me what the spread is? <laughs> For I guess that's a, that's honestly good for people that aren't so up on gambling. The spread is the amount of points that it will take a team to cover. So when we're talking minus two and a half, plus two and a half, uh, right now uh, Jazz are sitting at minus two and a half. So in order for that bet to cover, you need to have the Jazz win by two and a half points. So theoretically three points. Dan, you will appreciate this. So. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Dan and I were talking about NBA betting, uh, and we took the Bucks over the Jazz because that seemed logical. This happened to be the night that the Utah Jazz broke an NBA record for three points in a game. Dude, that that was so the start. That that is that game of when we first started talking about <laughs> NBA betting seriously. Uh, Dan lost a couple bucks. It was a rather, that, uh, dude, that. The possibilities were we didn't see it coming, you know. It's just one of those things. But uh, yeah, that happened to be the night that they they made like 20, 25 three pointers or some crazy shit. I made a video on that on Craft Beer Hustlers. So yeah, Giannis had thirty five. Donovan Mitchell had thirty two. Like it was just a high scoring night. Yeah, that was know? a that was a brutal game. Um, all right. Well, 
So unless the Jazz have that again, they lose. You know, I think yeah. that's how it works. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and who knows? Maybe tonight they'll hit twenty six though. And rounding it back out again, uh, is it feasible for the Jazz to push through for the rest of the season? In order for them to capitalize and make a good playoff push, answer to that, no. Yeah, bottom line to me, no. Unless their yeah. offense can continue to break records, uh, I don't. I don't see it. It yeah. seems seems improbable I mean, to say the very, least. This whole situation is very similar to, in my mind, when I hear it and think about it, um, a few years ago when it was the Warriors were going on that big. Game they were scoring run. like 130 points a game. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and they they had the most wins right in that season, or yeah, just they broke the record, record breaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had 73 wins or 73 and nine. I mean, that's a completely different. Again, I don't watch too much NBA, but from the players that I do know, the Warriors were stacked in that year, and the exactly. players that uh, they the, had. The Jazz are not going to go 73 and nine. I'll throw that out there. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, Until they do. <laughs> if they do, <coughs> drinks on me, I guess. But I just became a Utah fan. Utah. I just became a Utah fan. I just learned about the most populated city. We'll, we'll fly out. We'll fly out to Kansas City and hit up Power and Light and have a day. Hell yeah, we will. All on, on, me. All on you. Yep. All on me. We can make it happen. Um. All right, let's let's change gears uh, to the other shortened league. I really wanted to talk about this because first and foremost, and we'll get to it in later, I, there's very specific points where I do not like professional players. I have been saying this for years. We're moving into the NHL, another shortened league. We, Me and Andrew, Boston Bruins fans, Dude, Rask skates off late <laughs> in the third during a tied game against the Rangers, two to two. You are talking about a 14-year veteran. And again, I have very specific points where I do not like players. Isn't and he like, really good too? Like I feel like I've heard yes. that name. His name's first name's like Tuka or something like that. Yes, 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 yes. <clears throat> Rask is I'm shaking um, my head no. <laughs> Rask, I see that. On the stats sheet, Rask is one of the best goalies in the in, oh, in the he's NHL. a fucking goalie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is and what makes it it off. Yes. 14-year vet. He is a 14-year oh. vet, which means he's been playing hockey since he was in diapers because he's from Europe too. He he's from the fingers somewhere. I don't know where in Europe, I think but from Finland. Yeah, he is from Finland because he has that drink. He has the the I forget. It's like some Finnish drink. It's supposed to be disgusting. But me as a non hockey fan, this just sounds like an absolute clusterfuck of a situation. Dude, he's Ever. a it's your goalie just leave the game. It is an absolute boneheaded move. He thought it was he thought it was three to two. There was a minute and a half left. I would imagine that there was probably a timeout, whether it was a TV timeout or something beforehand, where Bruce uh, Bruce Cassidy would have said something to Rask. If he were to skate off in a three to two game, why like Bruce Cassidy would have been like, Yes, you need to do this when we get it pushed into their zone. So the article says it was tied. So it was a tie. It game. was tied. It was tied against the Rangers two to two, and he decides oh. to skate towards the bench. If you watch that video, the entire bench starts freaking out, yelling at him. And I don't know what it is, but the Bruins love to protect Rask. I cannot stand him. 
cannot stand him. He is the most toxic player for that locker room. And he has a quote in that same article where he goes, it's an entertainment industry, I guess. That's what we're trying to provide. And there's more to that quote, but just that, in the fiber of my being, in my rask-hating being, this dude's a fucking bonehead. I have one question. Absolute bonehead. Yes. Did Boston end up winning? They yeah. did end up winning, which is <laughs> even worse. Whoa. So that's like fuel to the fire, right? That's like a... That's like continue to be an idiot. He knows then, he can go be a fuck because we're going to go pull this out. He knows he could be a fuck because of last year, too, during the playoffs. He left during the playoffs. Boston had a massive chance to push into the Stanley Cup finals. A huge chance even to win it. They were one of the favorites. And he decides in the middle of the bubble, he was like, I'm going home. He had family issues. We don't but know. Even before. Even before he decided to go home, he was just not like he. He even quoted saying he wasn't in it. Like he was like, "It's just not as comp- it's not competitive." You know, it's yeah. just it's. And I'm like, "Oh my god, that dude just doesn't go. care about competition." I don't know what he cares about. How does trading work in hockey? Is that a feasible uh, oh, out- outlet for for hockey? I have been <laughs> saying this for years, and my friends they say you could trade him, but the return on what kind of goalie you would get in the NHL is just, you're not going to get fucking anything. So do big big trades happen in hockey though? Like, I feel like I've never heard like a a massive trade in hockey. Like you, like you hear in baseball or or football or even the NBA, the trade deadline over the past like five years has kind of been active. Okay. But for Boston, not really. I mean, that's all Boston sports. They don't, they're not active around the trade deadline. The money, honestly, for, for you where your closest team is five hours away, Right. And, Wouldn't and, it be uh, the Blues? Yeah, yeah, the Blues are three and a half hours, four hours. Three, but either either here nor there, it doesn't matter. I mean, hockey, I can't imagine is massive in Kansas City. The oh, money, no. the money too. There's just not. ESPN isn't going to pick up a story on the NHL. No, sure, as they will. I get it. I, I, so I read a lot of ESPN articles. Yeah. I, I just, I, in recent memory, I can think of maybe like one or two big hockey things that are like, oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so it trades and and big free free agency a big thing too like that's uh yeah but there's not a lot of money <clears throat> it's yeah it, it's <laughs> when you go to espn and you go into that more tab like there's so many more like sports listed like even like i, I mean i'm a golf fan but they list golf ahead of nhl and i'm like Oof, tiger's not even good like how can you even <laughs> talk about golf and relevance what does it even <laughs> say about <laughs> So all in all, to answer your question, no, um, there there's not really much that you're going to get for Rask if you trade him, even on paper being one of like the most notable goalies that there is in the league right now. There's not much. Yeah, there's not much of a return. And for whatever reason, too, in the NHL, their development just it's not like other leagues, too. It's I guess closer to the NBA where you're not seeing a lot of movement. I mean, in the NHL, you do get a lot of movement because their contracts are a lot of uh, two-way contracts. So they'll bounce up in between the AHL or whatever it is, CHL, and then back and forth to the major league teams. But the development is just – they pick when they need them. They'll pull them up. So do either of you guys listen to the Pat McAfee show? No. no. Okay. So – uh, it was earlier this week. He, he the punter, yeah, yeah, the punter. <laughs> His show's actually really good, but uh, so he had a little like segment about hockey, about 
he feels like uh, there will be less, you know, like big name stars in hockey because for for a hockey player, they play for for you know since they're say four years old or some crazy low number, um, and they um, give me one second. That's my wife's laptop. I'm on the edge of my seat. It's there. It's on the top oh of my his God. tongue. The uh, mum was there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tuga sucks. I really hate Tuga Rask. I've never been a fan of him. And <laughs> my one of my friends is like a huge Tutha, uh, Tutha Truka. Tuka Truther. Say that one 10 times fast. Yeah, and he, he has that whole shirt like uh, Tuga Rask is good. And I'm like, you're missing a word in there. You're missing the word not. Um, Tugaras is not good. On paper, yeah, like you said, he puts up good numbers. He has good save percentage, career save percentage, season save percentage. You know, he's always in a, you know, top of the talk for the Vezina, Vezina trophy. And it's like, cool, great. Take, he gets all this hardware sometimes. But I'm like, he's never helped us win a Stanley Cup. He's every time, like, in the playoffs. like Because I guess in Boston sports, we – we were spoiled after so many championships that we expect our athletes to perform well enough um, all the time and in the playoffs and in the, the championship game. And Tukarask always lets us down. He let us down in 2010 against the Flyers. He let us get down again in 2013. Oh, forget he got benched for Tim Thomas in 2011. So we won the Stanley Cup. He's the Stanley Cup winner, but he didn't do jack diddly, you know, during the playoffs. That was all Tim Thomas. And then 2013, you know, I don't necessarily know if I want to blame Tugarask on that. You know, my brother always argues that Chara, you know, the defense let him down in game six, which is possible. Um, but watching 20, like all the playoffs after that, and then what was the, the most recent in the cup? 2019 against the, the, the Blues, you know, in game on in game seven, he let up how many goals on so many shots. Bad, I mean, there was a bad sh- uh, shift change by Marchand on one of those goals at the end of the period. But still, you're a goalie in the NHL with a 900 save percentage. <laughs> Stop some of those shots. Uh, I'm back. Sorry about that. My wife was getting a team's call. Uh, I don't know why. But, uh, no worries. But, uh, we, were fill- we were filling in the air. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the, the gist of what Pat McAfee said is like there's not there's not an ease of access to, to hockey. So you're not going to see as many like child stars like who are destined for the big leagues come up as you do see in like baseball, basketball, football, and name any other sport really golf. Um, so it, it's, it's an just, expensive sport. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a expensive and B it doesn't seem like American kids really get into it. So it's all European, Canadian, overseas I, type kids that play since they're two. I think it's it's also different as well because I mean me and Andrew have more of an intimate side with hockey. Oh, Dan, intimate? Are we getting intimate here? <laughs> well, okay. you guys, you guys college had a hockey team, right? So like yeah, that's a, yeah, like that's yeah. We a shared a dorm room. Oh yeah, yeah. College <laughs> hockey, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like that's not a thing out here in the Midwest. Yeah, no, we we obviously hockey East uh, within New England, or I mean within the entire NCAA program for hockey is one of like the premier places to go and play hockey. Boston um, college, Boston university, UMass Lowell, UNH. Like the only time I hear hockey is like, yeah, Northeast or Minnesota yeah. maybe. Yep, yep. That's exactly it. And Minnesota, like I think you get South Dakota, 
Yeah, yeah. Like you get South Dakota, Wisco. Like those are like the only two teams I can really think of off the top of my head. It was rare that one of our defensemen came from San Diego, and we're like, (laughs) "Wow, that's kind of an interesting." uh... (laughs) He's in the NHL too. That Chad Chad Ruedel. He plays for the Sabers now. No, Pittsburgh. He was drafted. He played. He started in the in Buffalo, and then I think he plays with with Pittsburgh now. I'm gonna. Fact check that. Because fact check me. Traded. Live fact check me. I think I'm he call- got I'm traded. I'm calling it Pittsburgh. The Tampa Bay Lightning. No, he's not. I'm just no. throwing a name out there. Uh, the uh, what's that team? The Atlanta Thrashers. Are they still a thing? <laughs> what about the uh, what about the uh, Hartford Whalers or the oh. Quebec City Nordiques? <laughs> you you are right. He is with Pittsburgh. Uh, he won the cup with them. What year did they win the cup? I think 2017. He was on the team with Scott Wilson. Um, so, again, you mass little kids, kids we went to school with, Chad Ruedel, Scott Wilson. Scott Wilson um, was playing with the Pittsburgh as well as Chad in uh, in the year that they won the Cup. And that is what confuses well, they, me. They won back-to-back in 16 and 17. Yeah, That's so right. I think they were both playing with them in 17. Um, Scott went to go play with Pittsburgh and then – uh, he is now playing with Buffalo. Um, so, again, we, me and Andrew, like, are more ingrained, I guess, into hockey because of where we went to school, what kind of the region is. I mean, I grew up and was friends with a kid who is now playing in um, in the NHL. Like, it's just more of a area for us. So did both of you guys have big hockey dreams? Did you ever, you ever play? Nope, no. I don't know how to skate. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't learn how to skate until I was older. Uh, that's I, the I, I did swimming in the winter. <laughs> like <laughs> that's like the sport you want to do when it's fourteen degrees outside is An get into a pool. Contrast to hockey. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so rounding it all out, Tukaras sucks. Bottom uh, <laughs> line, he is a. He's just a. He's not he's a, an asset to the Bruins outside of playing in the regular season. He is not, I don't feel he is a leader in that locker room. When we lost Chara, that was even a bigger dagger. Um, I mean, you got Bergy, you've got Marchand, you've got some of these older guys, but when I have one question before we move on. Yeah. How do NHL contracts work? Are they big money up front or are they? No. Nope. Or are they're, they... they're small money. So like, like, in, like uh, incentive based, like some NFL contracts. Um, I don't know exactly. I know, I know they they like the big contract that I think what Patrick Kane got a couple years ago was like seventy something million for like six years or something like that. They weren't. They're not. They're not overtly big. They're not, and I don't think they don't do max deals like the NBA. And I, I, they must. They, I, I would assume they do something similar to the NFL because of the nature of the sport and the potential for injury. Um. So they probably loaded up front with, you know, cap space in the back. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, like I was talking earlier, especially when you're a rookie, a lot of the times you'll deal with two-way contracts. Um, So you can go up and down and... Yeah. So, like, you can... I mean, obviously, you can see the contracts online. You can see the salaries that they're making. Um, I think it's, like, $500,000. I Like, don't get me wrong. That's not anything to bat an eye at. But as a professional player, five hundred thousand, you're playing in the AHL. 
it's like one's your opportunity that you're going to move up to the NHL. And then even with that opportunity, how easily it's going to be that you can be bumped back down to the AHL. So their contracts are, are a lot like that. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, uh, let's get into golf a little bit. Andrew, you introduced yourself as the golf guy, so I'll let you uh, let you take it away here. Um, got some interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, so there's a couple of things. So first off, uh, the tournament that's going on this weekend is the uh, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and uh, I think a little bit different. Normally, uh, they it's the pro and the amateurs. They usually play together, but I think because of COVID, it's just the pro part, um, so there's no amateurs. And I'm in a pick 'em like one-off league with with um, 384 of my closest friends. Um, and <laughs> they're all on my Facebook. You know how you, you know all, you know all of them by name, huh? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 go. We you know went to formals together and nice, nice you know, okay. sport. You know, little league. And um, <laughs> so me and 384 of my closest friends are doing a pick 'em thing, and so you have to pick. So starting, I think it was like four tournaments ago, I think whatever the Sony open, you pick a, you pick a golfer and that is your golfer for the week and whatever prize money they win, that goes to your point total for the whole year. So at the end of the year in the fall, whoever has picked the most golfers that have won the most prize money, that's who wins, you know, the the whole thing. And you can only, once you pick a golfer, you can no longer use that golfer for the rest of the year. So okay. So I have done I've I've picked good enough golfers where they've made the cut every weekend so they have the opportunity to win prize money. However, t- 3 out of 4 weeks, you know, asterisk, uh they're like tied for like 60th so they're like just pulling like $20,000 and it's just like ooh literally cool. made the cut and that's it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like so uh, one week I did pick the guy who came in second, Patrick Cantlay. So that was good. Uh, he only lost by a stroke. It was kind of a bummer. Um, but yeah, so right now, uh, the current cut line, projected cut line is minus one when we're recording at 441 Eastern time. Um, Pebble Beach is in California, for those who don't know. Jordan Spieth is currently in the lead nice. at minus 12 for the tournament, which is good for him because he was having a rough stretch. So you who's know, he your won- this week? Who did I pick? Yeah. I picked Kevin Streelman, uh, who is 42 years old. He won back-to-back pro-ams with uh, Larry Fitz, so that's why I went with him. He's got oh, a good, solid. Okay, he's got a good, uh, he's got a good track record at uh, Pebble Beach. Um, but right now he's at minus three or four, so he'll make the cut, but he's probably not going to win a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> considering think- oh sorry <laughs> oh okay no all right i looked at the wrong thing that reaction so- <laughs> would have been priceless <laughs> he, he he's minus three for the tournament but he finished even today so i got confused i thought it said he was even and he You're was going, finished no and he didn't Not make- <laughs> <the cut>. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so i mean <clears throat> so yeah, so Jordan Spieth, uh, I like him. He's a good golfer. He won the Masters, you know, in 2015. He won the Open, U.S. Open, uh, around there. And then he kind of after 2017, he just fell off a ledge, and he just hadn't won. He hasn't won since 2017. And uh, he came close last week, and he's uh, he's got come. He's in the lead right now. So I hope he he can get in the winner's circle. So that's the tournament going on right now. As for news on the PGA Tour, da-da-dum, um, in normal tournament play in the PGA, like the professional, professional level, not like us hacks who go on the weekends and 
drink beers and shoot hundreds. Um, <laughs> you are, if you're a pro, you have a caddy and you do a bunch of practice rounds. And on your practice rounds, you can use a range finder to shoot like the bunkers, the trees, how like the greens and all these numbers that you put into your yardage book. Because on the tournament day, you can't use a range finder. You can only use whatever whatever notes you've written down in your like little notebook uh, between the caddy and the golfer. So that's how it's been since the inception of golf. Uh, now, new Wait, rule. You're, tell- you're telling me during the inception of golf, they're running out there with like tape measures and yep. running. Well, they're, they're, yeah. So I think Ben Hogan, whatever in like the 50s or whatever it is, they used to go and, and they would walk, you know, he, he, he was the first one to go from instead of like teeing off on one going like playing normally, he would start on 18 and walk backwards and like count off paces from the green, be like, okay, this is where like the hundred yard shot would be. So, and then count off more paces to kind of basically chart out where he would want to hit his ball. So, because they didn't have, obviously they didn't have the laser technology to do the, obviously. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, how, how many, we don't have laser. We, me and you don't have any, uh, range finders you have your 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 garmin watch that you go oh it says we're about 160 yards out yeah. and then you hit your seven iron you're like oh i think i was farther because i just, Man, I just <laughs> I must be way further than that <laughs> exactly so um yeah so and, and these guys play countless practice rounds too so they do a lot of pacing out and you know walking the old-fashioned way and it's got a mixed review with the uh because now the the new thing is they're going to start to in some tournaments allow caddies to carry range finders well, but, so they can use them while they're playing like, yeah the tournament. Mm-hmm. why why would it be for select tournaments i i can imagine the way that augusta has been they're not going to allow range finders um i think it's just because they they're just trying it out first oh, okay um there is a trial run this is see how, see how much it matters for people's golf scores yeah 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 i, I mean honestly i think the um in on the pro level, the difference is going to be very marginal because they're not going to be shooting the pin. Like, because these professional yeah. golfers, they don't go, What is my distance to the pin? They have a general idea. It's like a feel. They go, they, The caddies are still just going to know the runoff numbers, being like, Okay, that bunker to carry that bunker is this, is X, which they already know from the T box from a practice round. They're not yeah, going to shoot. That and most of these guys have played this course before. So they, they know the general idea of. Of, of each hole because they've done it, you know, probably a hundred times in their life. Exactly. Right. So, you know, they're in, in mo- most golfers are like, it's kind of pointless. Um, is, but, is it, do you, so do you think it would matter for these pro-am tournaments? A lot of the amateurs, you know, use it? Well, the, the amateur level, but even the amateurs still kind of have a general idea. I mean, these amateurs aren't like me and you who are you playing. Sure? They're, 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 they're playing golf for a while and understand the. Yeah, because they're trying to be a pro, right? They're, they're, they're the ones that are close enough to say, if I win a couple of these, I can go be a pro. Well, yeah, well, the so the amateurs that are playing, they're not like the, you know, they're not like these Tony Romos, Larry Fitz all the time that are you're playing. These are like NCA, you know, they're playing yeah. at the Division One yeah. level. They're they're playing in their, you know, their regional tournaments, and they're they're good golfers. They're they're, they're trying to make the pros, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, some of the golfers that just turned pro like over the past few years, who you know. Like Matthew Wolf, I think he's twenty two or twenty three. Like murder that man. <laughs> he's got the dumbest swing, dude. Losing me money, that uh, asshole. Yeah, but you know, and uh, Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland, like, because when you're an amateur status, you can't. I don't think you can claim prize money if you win. 
I don't, I'd have to look up exactly what happens, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna, to be honest, they say like, oh, it's not gonna make a difference because they know the yards. I mean, it's gonna help someone. Someone's gonna benefit from it because when you know the number and you feel confident when you're holding the club, like I have the right club because I know the number that I'm trying to shoot for. Um, it definitely eliminates that thought of, oh, I hope I, 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 get, I get enough club or I hope I, I don't hit it as far because you're trying to like, you know, get that in-between number. But if you know you're at like 150 yards and you're like, okay, my nine iron is the club I need to use to get me in this range, you're going to feel confident that the swing you're going to give is going to get you where it needs to go. It lets them be a little bit more precise, it sounds like. It lets you be a little bit more sure about where you're hitting the ball. Yeah. Well, that that's um, – but – the, you know, and then this this article here, like some caddies are because some caddies and pros, they do their homework. You know, they go to the practice round. They scout, you know, during a practice round, you've always been able to, you know, know your distances and get shots and write it down in your yardage book. So it's like some caddies are seeing this as rewarding the caddies who don't do their homework, who don't get the right numbers. And, you know, yeah. Because at the end of the day, the professional golfer is making the shots. He's, you know, he's the one on the line. But these caddies, they're professional caddies too. That that's their job. That's their income. That's their profession. So you pride yourself on, you know, your professionalism, just like any other job. And if you, you know, have another person using a tool that like would help them, it's, I guess it's not like steroids, but I mean, but it's a bailout for a bad caddy. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, at the end of the, I mean, realistically, a caddy's when I play golf and I play with my friend who's like caddies for me, that I don't need my caddy to tell me the distance, the numbers. Like I can figure that all on my own. I mean, he helps me do it, but it's it's when I get to the green, once I'm on the green, Slopes help me things help like me that. read the green because I'm yeah. terrible at putting and reading the greens. But when he tells me, he's like, all right, this is you know when this is your apex, this is your sight line, this is where you need to go. Like I'm like, all right, that's all. I just find my intermittent target line, and I'm like, I'm just you know. I, I see my line straight in front of me and then I look like six inches in front of me and I go, this is where I'm aiming. And then I just, my nice smooth swing. And then if it goes in the hole, it goes in the hole. I trust his read. So, but if so, I have to do that by myself, I'm hosed. <laughs> so, uh, we kind of touched on the question that I had for you, Andrew was, do you believe that this is going to help the pros or are they already keyed in? It seems like for the most part, people are in the general camp of the pros are keyed in. They should, be fine like they're not necessarily needing the rangefinders. now for a nerd such as bryson dechambeau <laughs> is he going to be using the rangefinder? is this going to help him win more tournaments or is he still just a hunk of meat that's just a hunk all, of meat dude he's Have you all seen him? just fucking donut absolute donut he is pure muscle like that's not even like he's he bulked up like you see the pictures of him going from like 2017 or 2018 to because he wasn't even he was like kind of big before and then when it shut down when he came back from the for the restart in like june it was he was he was swole is he big for a reason though does he absolutely crush it off the oh yeah he 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 kills it so i'm, I'm dropping another link in the chat uh i want to say that I want to say the tour average of yardage is like 320 um, off the tee, and I'm pretty sure he's like hitting like 354, 360. You know, the, the absolute monster drives. Um, he's using wedges into par fives. Like that's just oh lord. Okay. Yeah, he's a big guy. Um, 
So he went to SMU. He's a he like a rocket scientist or something. He's got some scientific degree background. So he's he he's approached the game in a whole different way. Um, he bulked up for swing speed, and swing speed equates to distance and all this right. physical science stuff. Um, most people's clubs are vary in length, as you know, you know your nine iron, eight iron, seven iron. Like the clubs, you know, they get a little bit longer as the irons get longer. But he's decided that all his clubs are going to be the same length, like all his irons and wedges are going to be the same length because it's going to, you know, the swing should be the same for all of, of your clubs. He's got a, a driver that's longer than the average, you know, and he's using like, I don't know, a seven degree loft or some, something bullshit like that, where I'm like, that's like a putter. If I try to hit a seven degree driver, it's not going anywhere. So, um, yeah, it's probably, it, it's just going to slow him down more and make more people angry at him because he's notorious for being a slow golfer. Uh, yeah. I think that if the man does not have a career any longer in the PGA, he will start going to those uh, long drives. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have those absurdly long drivers. Um, but I mean, in, in this article here, some Addy's saying like, though, they're, mo- they're not most likely not going to even use the range finders um, with the exception if they're way off the tee, you know, if they're way off in the rough where they yeah. they weren't prepared for that area. Well, I mean, that makes a lot of sense uh, mm-hmm. that that does that does uh, check check out. Um, all right. Uh, great, great golf conversation. Um do we want to move on to the MLB or just skip right to the uh, to the big show? Let's so just uh, ten minutes from an hour, so it just depends how long we want this to go. Yeah, let's uh, just skip the MLB. Fuck the MLB. I hate. Trevor Bauer is on the Dodgers. Uh, Kansas City traded for Andrew Benintendi. The Red Sox got some junk out of it and some pitching in the farm system. And spring training starts in the middle of February. It's extra COVID rules. And um, no universal yeah. DH and yeah, no it's like a, it's like a ten, Yeah, 10 game shortened season or something like that. And it starts a little bit later. It's like and that. the Red Sox just signed another man for $3 million. And he's a, worth more than a fucking or he's worth less than a bucket of balls. And let's also not forget that the baseball season is already too long and 10 game shortened is not enough. Doesn't, doesn't make a difference. Agreed. All right. We're done with baseball. Next. Moving on. All right. <laughs> NFL. The, we uh, talked more about golf than baseball. I love it. That's how this should go every single time. <laughs> but I mean, that's a, that's a testament to the way that people are going getting more interested in golf than they are rather than baseball. Dude, and baseball it's because dying. Baseball, baseball is, is very way too long. To watch. Yeah, and it's, the season goes for three years at a time, like for no reason. You can tell you can tell how boring baseball is is when we went to the Royals game after your wedding, Matt, and, and you David. I fell asleep, and David gave me an entire tin of dip, and I probably we had made double kids too. I had double horseshoes in that entire game, and we were just drinking Royal Ritas. Actually, no, the Royal Ritas were the last time we went to a Royals game. No, that um, was the time that we case raced in the parking lot. Yes, yeah, that was a <laughs> that was a. Oh. It was me and David versus you and Mark, and we smoked you. The complex is quite a place. That is, it is. that is. We made friends with some kids whose dad added me on Facebook that <laughs> night. It was a very strange. Uh, I was not expecting it. When we get the moment, when we get this podcast off the ground, we will have a a live show in the complex parking lot before oh, the <laughs> game. Scooty um, gang, <laughs> Scooty gang. Um, all right, NFL. 
the uh, the championship happened this past weekend. I, I want to. Was talk- there a game? There was a game this weekend. I think there was a game. Um, Heartbreak City for some. Uh, full passion and uh, just absolute lubrication for others. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk real quick uh, the showings in Houston. So we have Deshaun Watson, who obviously has voiced his opinion of wanting out of Houston um, from articles I've read. Doesn't look like Houston wants to pull that trigger. Yeah, they keep, saying, they keep saying they're not going to, but yeah. There was an article today that came out that said that Deshaun and his agent had a conversation about his preferred landing spots, and two of them were San Fran and Denver, mm-hmm. and that just doesn't – we'll have a conversation about Denver here in a second, but it, why is he talking about that if Houston's just like, you know what, we're not going to trade you? Yeah. I mean, does he have a, yeah. Does he have a no trade? Like, I don't understand – no, he does. I don't think he don't has think he a has trade, trade clause. clause. I, I think it's more so that Houston doesn't want to let the asset go. So you have but, a, like you you spend your whole GM career trying to find this kind of quarterback, right? Someone that yeah. can go, they can go carry the team. Essentially, yeah. you, you spend your whole career find, trying to find someone like that. They're not going to just let them walk away. But but I, I, I think it's pretty obvious that he's so unhappy with the team that you're going to have to let him walk away. And and essentially what. I don't get it. How much time does he have left in his career? He, or, I mean, not career contract. He just signed a contract this off, this last offseason. Well, that's done by him. Well, his contract is very team friendly. It's very like if you were to trade for a a, a, a franchise quarterback, you would want a contract like his. You wouldn't want Jared Goff or Carson Wentz. You would want Deshaun Watson. He is not a unrestricted free agent until 2026. Yeah, he just signed his contract this year, so I said. He does have a potential opt-out, though, and, uh, after the 2023 season. But he, like his contract, his extension is, is very fresh. It was within the yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I if you were to, if were going to trade for him, that's something you would be willing to take on because his cap hits are not like extreme like some yeah. quarterbacks are. And if you think in the sense of he wants out because Houston has obviously had its sparkle – um here and there it's glisten but essentially they're not winning they're not doing much i mean who else do they have down there not, that, not anymore yeah yeah weapons Nothing. none they hit zero now yeah you and know, now you're crazy so last year the chiefs path to the super bowl obviously went through them uh, they were up 24 nothing in the first quarter if we don't come back and win that game, we're in a wholly different world for the Texans, right? Like, yeah. Bill O'Brien's probably still there. DeAndre Hopkins is still there. There's no, there's no, there's none of this. <laughs> Fuck Bill O'Brien. But, but now you're talking about even the news that just came out today Which as is, we're recording that J.J. Watt is no longer a Houston Texan. He like, asked to be released two weeks ago and they said okay today. That is such a huge, huge apex on your defense. That is now completely gone. I mean, Grant. It's even crazier because he's like the face of Houston. Like when you yeah. think Houston anywhere, not yeah. even football, you think J.J. Watt. So yeah, like, you, you think of his Walter Payton man of the years. Yeah, where you, he's like, you think of his you think of his uh, role in New Girl. Um, <laughs> the, the cameo he had in, in season five. Um 
I can't believe I was talking about Walter Payton, man of the year, and, and you, you decided to inter- you decided to interrupt my comment with new girl. And you told us the exact season it happened in. That's impressive. I could be wrong. Don't don't go and look that up. But I, I know it's, it up and if it's, it's a funeral. It's a funeral it's episode, and it's because yeah, I'll give you the whole what? synopsis of that that episode. J.J. Watt fired his agent, and then he died in a motorcycle accident, so then he felt guilty, so he went to the funeral, and Jess was there because she was the affair. She was uh, ah, was having an affair crazy. with Jess, and so they showed up, and it's just like, who are you? It's like, oh, I'm – and then it's like, I'm his wife, and it's just like, uh, awkward. Anyway, so uh, typical sitcom hijinks. What up? <laughs> fourth season. Was it uh, fourth season, season four? Yep. That's uh, close. So Houston no longer has J.J. Watt. That has got to put more pressure on Sean Watson to finally say like enough is enough. Get me. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think he, he said all he needed to say. Like I don't think there's anything else that Deshaun Watson could say that they would be like, all right, you know what, you're right. Let's get you out of here. You know, Who's like he's the- he's made it very, very, very clear he doesn't want to be there. Uh, and the Houston says, well, you're staying. Yeah. So, I and if he opts out this year, um. He's not going to have, like, he's opts out. Who's their backup? Who's going to be there? Who is Houston's backup? I want to say it's new. <laughs> Matt Schaub? No. Dude, honestly? <laughs> Matt oh, Schaub, I think he's still in the league. I think he's a backup somewhere. Yeah, I'm looking up, Dan. Okay. Matt, yeah, Matt Schaub is definitely still in the league. What happened to Brock Osweiler? AJ McCarron. Oh, my God. Jeez. And then Josh so. McCown. Josh um, McCowan? Josh McCown. No, that's a different guy. No, that's the guy who played for the Jets who that same guy? Yeah, Josh McCown who has bounced around to like fourteen NFL teams. Yeah. It's like okay. him 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 and, and Fitzpatrick are having a contest of how many oh, teams who, they can play for. Who can play for the more <laughs> the yeah. more teams? So I, so I look up their depth chart to find out AJ McCarron's their second string and their roster is hot garbage. Like, it's very bad. It's a miracle they won, like, four games last year. Yeah, dude. How are they still... Well, they had Deshaun Watson stuff. This this isn't a fucking football team. (laughs) And then, because when Will Fuller comes back, is he even going to be, like, because he was suspended for the... Two dog. Oh, he's gone, too. Yeah. He's a free agent. Um, Okay. Let's um, let's move move along to the... uh, the, The Super Bowl. Um, Super Bowl Sunday. How many right. beers did you have on Super Bowl Sunday? None. Uh, no, that's not. <laughs> I true. only I had, had about four. six. You had yeah, six, you, Dan. I think so. I think I had, I had six. I had, I, had, I had two. Two Corona lights with two limes. I had four, <laughs> and uh, I had all of them before kickoff even happened. Because once kickoff happened, I was sad. Yeah, that so I, I stopped drinking. I was excited for that game. I had Kansas City minus three. I have, I should have known, uh, but I was super excited outside of my tails bet not hitting. Um, I did call that the first uh, reception or not reception. The first kickoff return would not be a touchback. So I won some money there. Um, but that Super Bowl, I will let you guys speak on that because we have the Tom Brady, Tom Brady diehard, and, right. and woof, 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 woof. Kansas City 
I can't come up with anything good. I'm sorry that your team lost. <laughs> so, okay, I've told many of people this. I fully expected Kansas City to lose that game. Like, there was just... Really? That, okay, we were down technically four offensive linemen with two opt-outs and two injuries. Pat obviously wasn't 100%. So we were already at a huge disadvantage going against that defensive line that is absolutely disgusting. You have Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, Vita Vey, and Ndamukong Su. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Evan White is the best linebacker in the NFL. By a mile. He's good. I think if your own line had been better, you do have... We still lose. That's, that's, no, that's what I said. I said I fully expected us to lose. And no, even, if, even, even we, with the line? Yeah, even if we had a whole I I'd see that game like coming down to the last possession and it's Tom Brady is going to beat me. Fully was prepared for the, that loss. I did not expect to not score a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I, did not, I did not expect to uh, watch Pat Mahomes run for his absolute life. Like, I Pat- figured Andy Reid would have, you know, adjusted and put in, you know, extra tight end, extra lineman, have Anthony Sherman do something because he's a large fullback. Um, anything, you know, run some bootlegs, run anything to get Pat out of the pocket um, j- just to adjust that pressure, and they did nothing. Yeah, I, I think I would blame Andy Reid completely for that mishandling of the everything because, yeah, no adjustments, you know. They didn't wasn't working in the first half. You know, you, you make it a happens. game plan. It happens, yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah, you move on. Like against the Patriots in 20, uh, 2018, you know, the first half, the Patriots held them. They didn't do much in the first, like. The second half was a whole new ball game. Exactly. They made an adjustment somehow, and they came out, and it was a, it was a much more competitive game. Um, and and the, they didn't win, but, I mean, it was still yeah, competitive. We ended up going to overtime where we lost on a coin flip, which is what happens in the NFL. That's a whole when, other conversation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there was zero, zero, uh uh, awareness to how they were playing. So they were playing too high safety the entire time. That's a breast beater. Just run the ball. We ran the ball like four times in the first half. It was, it was frustrating to watch as a chiefs fan, but I fully, I mean, the- <laughs> fully expected to lose, but I did not think it would be that bad. And then in the second half, you know, like the one of the first plays is Clyde Edwards to running for like 26 yards. You're like, okay. Yeah. And then they yeah. never ran the ball again. They did that oh, twice. In the, they did that twice in the second half on that little delayed handoff, and Clyde yeah. ran for fifteen and twenty-one. And it's like, wow, this is working. Let's oh, abandon wow. it. We can actually run the ball. You know what, Pat? Just go throw it forty times. We don't need that. That's not fun. I, I did see a stat. I think didn't he run for like he four hundred and ninety-seven yards total? Four hundred and ninety-seven like, yards, not forward. Scramble yards, <laughs> trying <laughs> to get away behind the line of scrimmage, trying to get away from people. And he threw he threw the seven best incomplete passes in the NFL and and, <laughs> and all of NFL history. Yeah, that one where he's like parallel to the ground is oh you my will never God, you will dude. never see that again ever. Yeah, that like, was, that, it was on, a, on a dime, on a dime to his face mask, and he fucking dropped it. Dude. Like you will never see a throw like that again. Like no. it was insane. I I found myself in some instances watching Pat Mahomes run twenty fucking yards past or not past the line of scrimmage, back from the line of scrimmage, and I was like, Pat, what the fuck are you doing like, trying not to get hit by go. someone like jason pierre paul <laughs> well yeah no shit but like still i'm like holy shit just you got to get rid of that ball there's just but he had no help with his receivers as well 
there yeah, there's a lot of case of the dropsies that day i don't yeah. know what they all ate for lunch that day but uh it must have been pretty oily butter <laughs> yeah <laughs> must have been pretty slick because no one could catch anything so as a as a chiefs fan i mean uh, you must like travis kelsey as a chiefs fan oh yeah i love uh, it i hate him <laughs> I get that a lot. So one of my best friends, David, that Dan also knows, uh, he's a Chiefs fan too. He's a diehard Chiefs fan just like me. His family's had season tickets for 25 years. Uh, fucking hate Travis Kelsey, and I don't get it. So, this is the same. This is the same thing as like the LeBron conversation, right? Like you need to appreciate what you're watching right now instead of hating him. Oh, I, I think Travis Kelsey is a good player on LeBron James, but like just appreciate that he's gonna go down as one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I think Travis Kelsey is a good player. LeBron James is obviously a great player. Um, and for fantasy purposes, Travis Kelsey is an amazing player. Is he is literally in a tier by himself? That's why I won my league, um, my work league. I want to, I want to, I want to ask a. It's a very biased question here. This is going to be a very interesting answer because I'm sure um, we get some fan knowledge here. Travis Kelsey in his prime versus Gronk in his prime. Who's better? Total player. So I know what your answer is just by how you frame that. Uh, I, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey. Uh, no, I'm saying as the only tight end to go five consecutive seasons with a thousand yards. He and until he didn't play week 17, he was leading the league and receiving as a tight end. Yeah, but we're talking this year. No, no, no. That, I said it was I, this year, Dan. No, I said I said in his prime versus Gronk in his prime. Yeah, and Travis Kelsey is definitely in the middle of his prime still. That, that is 100% correct. Now, let me. So the way I phrase the question, total player. Now, as for a receiver, yes, Travis Kelsey, I think, is a much better. Bring up blocking, and I'm going to love this conversation because Travis Kelsey is not bad at blocking. Not as good as Gronk. He's not asked to do it as much as Gronk, so you wouldn't know that. The sample size is very different. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey, when asked, when asked to block, blocks extremely well. Top three in the league. He has sprung many a touchdown based on his downfield blocking. Also, only does it four times a game versus Gronk's 20 because Gronk's not a good receiver, so they don't use him like that. Gronk was an excellent receiver. I'm not saying he's not. I didn't mean he's not good. I'm just saying he's not He's not Travis Kelsey level receiving. So they're, they're using two completely different roles, right? Gronk they is are asked using- to block 15 times a game. Travis Kelsey's asked three times a game. But in, in Gronk's prime in like what 2011, 2012, 2013, when he was he was elite. I mean, I'm not saying. I mean, he was elite up until like 2014. But he, you can, I don't know. It, the, the case can be. You're really comparing like two apples. They're both the same. They're both excellent. You're comparing a red apple and a green apple. Like it's they're very it's very different systems, different uses. Gronk, while while definitely a, a super monster, I'm not ever going to deny that. Like. A very different type of player than Travis Kelsey. <laughs> well, this is your fault. You made this thing go long. <laughs> you 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 asked the question. Yeah, we no, no oh no 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 no. Did you see Dan's note? Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, no, I think you spent way more time talking about the NBA and the NHL. We, this is the Super Bowl, and we have. Yeah. Barely about to talk about it. Yeah. We talked more about the Utah freaking jazz and the two most populated cities in Utah. <laughs> and we spent, we spent, I don't know, 
six or seven minutes on whether or not a range finder is going to help a professional golfer. <laughs> two, golf seconds, <laughs> two seconds on the MLB. And, and you know, I, this is like the recap of the show. If you missed it, this is what we just <laughs> talked about for the last hour. <laughs> well, oh, and Rask it sucks. They both make the Hall of Fame will be my final answer. Yes. How about, how about that streaker? Oh, the, the story. Okay, before we go, quick story. Streaker man, you know him. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be awesome. <laughs> made a bet, made a fifty thousand dollar bet that there would be a fan on the game during the Super Bowl. Told his buddy, no one's going out there. I got to do it. I want my money. So his buddy like distracted the guards. He ran out in the field, and now he's three hundred and seventy four thousand dollars richer. Yeah, but how much is the legal fees that he's gonna have to pay? It cost him a thousand dollars to get out of jail. That was it. Mis- yeah. misdemeanor trespassing. Out of jail, but then he doesn't give a shit about it. It's a misdemeanor. I guess you're fine. Now, I I agree with you in the sense of yes, we don't condone this. This <laughs> man won a lot of money. Now, one of my notes is first and foremost, this man is a hundred percent a Florida native. I went back later to he look at Florida up man. He is Florida man. Hundred percent Florida man. He is so it from. Up an interesting question: Like, how can like somewhere like DraftKings or or any FanDuel anywhere, take these prop bets and make it so that you they aren't manipulatable like that. Because I got to get upon himself to 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 win himself money. Now this is a, another great segment, and I'm glad you brought this up. I found a tweet from this guy. Uh, what's his exact name? His name is uh, Vegas Covers on Twitter. Patrick Everson. Uh, he said a lot of hullabaloo today from the Super Bowl streaker. Uh, perpetuitely making a 50k bet at plus 750 that there would be a streaker during the game and then per a global sports book spokesperson no book in their right mind would take 50k limits on that nowhere close if there was one i would have been right there next to him in a pink tutu like so the story of whether or not he was able to bet that much money on this is kind of there's i found holes in it's fake yeah yeah um more so he could have made that much money because if you went back and looked the leotard he was wearing uh was for a porn site so he could have been someone to do it sure so he could have made a lot of money because also kelly in vegas um from br betting oh crap where did that go do i still have that nope um no i think i lost that it's still a crazy like ethical question or something though right like yeah can you allow your betters to manipulate their own bets the answer to that is like no i think i said this before um i don't think there's any legality in regards to him placing the bet and then being able to manipulate it in such a way no like he can't get sued or anything for it there's no, no. there's nothing saying he couldn't do that but i think that the book could have been like figured out who that was and found out that truth and if they hadn't paid him out yet they could have blackballed him sure or if they did pay him out he but would have been blackballed my question is further beyond that like how 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 much time now does FanDuel or DraftKings spend to make sure their prop bets aren't changeable like that? <laughs> I think you, you really only see these insanity, like novelty props, like during the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm you don't sure, but that's going to happen once a year for sure, every year. Oh, from now so, on, yeah. 
so how do you change your prop bet so that you know it's basically game related or like you know does it rain or does it not rain kind of thing i mean the easiest way i can tell you that you can make sure that you're not going to have that problem is in your terms of service yeah like, and say if you are the person that makes this bet come true or whatever it may be yeah. you you will know you will not be paid yeah. So that's why you have your buddy. So that's why you have your friend, Andrew Green, <laughs> put the bet. Yes. That, and no then, be, that someone will be on the field, and then I go run out there naked. And then, and then we split the money. money. Yeah. Exactly. I, uh, Kelly in Vegas also brought up a, a good point as well. Um, I did find the tweet that I was looking for. She goes, look at the anthem prop. Uh, you can bet a couple hundo here and there. Uh, and the bet keeps getting huge. And on Friday, they have the rehearsal. And if you hadn't seen it, there was that guy that recorded the rehearsal. So I knew it was going to be over two minutes, uh, but I couldn't find the prop bet. And it's because the books can take it down. So if they hear murmurs or stuff like that, the they, books can remove, have they, can remove, they can remove the bet. Yeah. Yeah. They have every yeah. right to. And a little, that, little GameStop esque. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. definitely in their terms to say we reserve all rights to remove any sort of bet or yeah. prop oh. bet that's in here. They yeah, can that's, for, that's for sure in there at any time because yeah. she also she goes on to says and it's like if like no book in their right mind is going to take 50k on a streaker like that's just an insane limit but granted there could be holes in some book that or, or you could have bet you know 10 grand at five different places like there's definitely there's definitely ways around it and there's definitely holes yeah. in that yeah but she says here you think that all 500 guys were betting $100 props at the same time. That book wouldn't take down that. And it makes sense. Like, you can't round up 10 of your buddies and give them five grand a pop and say, go, yeah. bet, go bet at the book on this prop and I'll pay you guys 100 bucks each. Like, the book's going to take it down if they see that much money coming in for a single prop. Well, that's, a, that's the thing is like, it could have been from multiple sources. So yeah. it wouldn't be very easy to track down. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I think the story, though a good one, it's kind of fishy. There's sure. there's some things in that. Yeah. But if it did if it is true, like Yuri Andrade, you know, congrats, man. You just made three hundred and seventy four thousand dollars. Like good on you. And got tackled in the process. Yeah. I need to fucking <laughs> <laughs> I would if someone was going to pay me three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I would let um, I would fucking do it. I get hit by Jason Pierre-Paul. I, you could fucking smoke me. I was gonna say I, for for three hundred thousand dollars. Fuck yeah! yeah uh, I don't want to get I don't want to get crushed by I Jason Pierre-Paul for th- how large I am. I don't think it would be that bad for me. You're just losing the uh, you're just losing the air out of your body for like what a minute. Uh, see, I don't think he'd hurt me that bad. He might break a rib, but I think I'd be okay. I mean, what's that? A ten thousand dollar hospital bill? Okay, I, doubt it. I, I just think three hundred thousand. I I I would want more. <laughs> I mean, how how tall are you? I'm five ten. Okay, yeah, you would want to get by Jason Beer Paul. I'm five ten and like two hundred. I am the size of Vita Vey. <laughs> like, yeah, you are a big boy. So Man, I don't think that, I don't think it would bother me that much. How how much money would it cost to you to take a punch by like? Uh, Manny Pacquiao, oh, or, right? Yeah, like the, like million dollars, <laughs> like, like, but like, but like, not like, not like, not fist, not like, not bare fist to face, like in a glove. You know, it's still gonna hurt, but still five million dollars. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a fucking lethal weapon, dude. What if we give you a uh, a mouth guard from Kyle Hammer? <laughs> dude, that's gonna kill you even more if you're. Uh, 
how drunk can I be? I don't want to feel the pain. I think that would be worse. You'd be wake up with a hangover and a concussion. Yeah. Jack, I wear the head guard. Yeah. Yes, you get the head guard. Head guard, mouth guard. That's it. A few beers deep. (laughs) Yeah. And, oh, but at least $5 million. Maybe more. Jesus. As long as they don't punch me in the nose. Yeah. You can hit cheap. Money maker. (laughs) (laughs) The money maker. Well, because you know you're going to get knocked out. You're going to get knocked the F out. Or not staying up. No, there's no way. My glass jaw, I would just shatter and I would just f- hit the turf. Boom. Yeah. What about a leg kick from like Anderson Silva? Oh, no, you. God, no. You got to take. I'd rather take a. For zero sum of money, you wouldn't do it. I have been kicked by Mark in the shin and I went down immediately. That man has stone feet. I cannot even imagine taking an Anderson MMA. Silva broke his own leg kicking so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Like no way. He could do that so hard leg. his leg snapped. Yeah, I could do. A, I could do a punch, like a boxer punch to the face with the head guard and the mouth guard, and not the nose any day because I know it's just gonna it's gonna suck. It's not gonna be a good thing. And you might be a little concussed, but you'll get up. Exactly. Well, it might maybe, but I mean, you'll get up tomorrow. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's gonna be. It's like I'm. I'm here. I'm here. And then all of a sudden, boom! I'm not like I know that I got a good night's sleep. <laughs> I woke up at a different location. <laughs> so There's yeah, what? I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'll take the knockout before anyone kicks me in the shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll take a hit from Jason Pierre-Paul or any defensive lineman in the NFL for that matter. For a, what about Aaron Donald? <laughs> full speed. Oh, well, full speed? No. <laughs> Over a mill for sure. <laughs> All, All right. right. Any last comments for the uh, Super Bowl? No. Go uh, Tom. Seven. I, oh, we didn't mention Tom Brady won seven rings. Yeah, by the way. I have the utmost respect for Tom Brady, but fuck that guy. I'm tired of seeing him win. <laughs> I, lo- I love him because that's like, we will never see seven rings in 21 years again. The dude went to 10 Super Bowls in 21 years. Like that's a disgusting feat. How much longer does Tom play for? Three years. Yeah. 45. He's done. 45. Okay. Which is is less than three years. Two years because he's 43. Yeah. He'll be 42. Next year and the year after. He'll be 44 on August 3rd. How many more Super Bowls? (laughs) One more. One. Yeah. Definitely one. Definitely one with a chance for two. He might three-peat down there in Tampa. As long as, as long as, you know, yeah, he's got to have a team around him though. I'll I'll admit. So here's the thing is that like next year they have, they have one of the biggest free agent lists in the, in the league. Yeah, but they have a lot of cap space. I think they're under, they're not one of the top. I mean, they're under 40, which I just saw a lot. Like they can do a lot with that, but they're going to struggle for some people like who want to go get bigger deals. But I think though, at the end of the day, they players that going to want bigger deals can go get bigger deals. But like it used to be, like oh, I want to get a ring. Those players who like Antonio Brown was like, I want to get a ring. You know, Daryl yeah, uh, yeah. Revis want to get a ring. So it's like New England used to be the spot, and like Kansas City was a you know is a spot that they can go. Um, but yeah, so um, people going for rings, Tampa, see Tampa as a spot. So I see Tampa, I see Kansas City. I even see Green Bay at this point cuz they Green have Bay and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's and also another one. Eh, well, and actually that so depends. Pittsburgh depends on the quarterback situation. Correct. Um but so here's the hypothetical JJ Watt signs with Pittsburgh Steelers alongside his two brothers. That defense um, is great, but it depends on who's at the phenomenal. 
who do they go for? Who do they target for quarterback? Say Big Ben retires. Uh, you need to target someone because Mason Rudolph yeah. or whoever is not is not going to do it. So who, I mean, so there's, there's Sam Darnold, there's Carson Wentz, but there's also all the free agent quarterbacks like Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, who else is on? I have the list here. Hold on. Uh, who's another one that was on there? There's a lot of open. There's a lot of openings. Zach Prescott, Mitchell Trubisky, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton. Uh, there's a lot of Flacco. junk. Yeah, there's a lot of shit. Colt McCoy, Matt Barkley, Nate Sudfield, AJ McCarron, Robert Griffin, Brett Hundley, Brian Hoyer, Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles, Mike Glennon, Brandon <laughs> Allen. Okay, so I think Dak Prescott's going to stay in, in Dallas. Dallas for sure. Um, I think I I think Carson Wentz going to go to Indy. I think they're going to trade him to I, Indy. I, I've had that feeling as well. That would be a good spot for him. Um, cause I think he's one of the offensive coordinators or offensive assistants is like, he's got connection like with him. Darnold? Um, I think Sam Darnold with the right system could be pretty good. Yeah. I just don't see that being Pittsburgh. Um, that's fair. Do you blockbuster deal for Deshaun if that's an option? If, if you can get, I think any team that can get Deshaun Watson, should get should get Deshaun Watt. Like that is a generational talent. He's only twenty five or twenty six. He's young. Yeah. So if you can package up a deal and, and get, I would even consider like even players teams like Jacksonville, you know, or these that would have like the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. I still think I'd take Deshaun Watson if I was Jacksonville. I'd package up that one deal and be like, yeah, I'll give you. You can have Trevor Lawrence. Give us Deshaun Watson because. Trevor Lawrence is great, you know. With Deshaun Watson, exactly. You don't know what he is, and you know the commodity that you have in Deshaun Watson. So I think every team, every team is is got an opportunity to get Deshaun Watson. Uh, As we talked about, doesn't sound like anybody's going to get Deshaun Watson currently. If Houston still stands on their stands their ground, yeah. So, but I think, yeah. So I mean, honestly, I think I think Big Ben comes back. I don't think he retires. I think he's. I think he'll come back. I just keep going back. There's a clip of him at the end of the Browns game saying, "To my to Marquise Pouncey, I'm I'm only playing as long as you're playing." And I I feel like that's 100 percent a uh, a sign that now that Marquise Pouncey is gone, Big Ben's going to decide. You know what? I don't have my center. I'm done. All right. One last question, and I think we need to wrap it up here. Sure. Uh, I'll put it this way. So out of these quarterbacks, we just know Philip Rivers just retired. Yeah. So do we think Big Ben's going to retire? Where do we think Drew Brees where do we think Drew Brees is is he going to retire? I'm on the train of yes. Same. Okay. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I, I definitely think you see him say goodbye. All right. I think uh Dan, I know you have to go get the dog. You just peed. Congratulations. Um that was a wonderful first episode, an hour and 23 minutes in 17 18 19 20. 20. <laughs> uh, I'm going to cut out things. The episode's not going to be that long. <laughs> no, because the, the first minutes was you going, I don't like the sound of my intro voice. I don't like the sound of my intro voice. Yes, yeah, so I have to cut this. Like, yeah, right? I'm going to cut this when I, when I yelled about our, our agenda. No, you know, it's real. It's authentic. It's it's powerful. Um, so I'll let so, you take it away, Dan. All right. Well, thank you guys again so much for joining the manager's first uh, manager special first episode with the managers, Andrew Dan and Matt. Uh, you guys can find us, uh, or you will be able to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Also, do not forget to rate and subscribe. It will help us out a ton. Uh, we are releasing this through Anchor.fm, so we are going to have a voicemail section where you can leave voicemails, ask us questions, give us debates that we can talk about. I think that would be a great resource for us. Um, we are currently on Instagram. Maybe we'll, we'll expand to other social medias, but that will be a good spot. So you can find us at the manager special podcast. Um, anything else that you guys want to add? Yeah. Shout out to the band for our, uh, our opening. Oh yes. Shout out to the Q-tip bandits from Massachusetts, uh, for our intro song Willow. And, uh, that's it. We'll let them take it away. See ya. See ya. Peace.